Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scarlett Fu. For today's show, we are going to bring you a conversation that Scarlett had the pleasure of having with a few soccer champions. They're really soccer superstars because these are World Cup champions, Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger. They are veterans of the U.S. women's national soccer team. They now play locally, yay, for Gotham Football Club in the National Women's Soccer League. And of course, they also got married in December 2019. They adopted their daughter Sloan. It's been a busy couple of years. And they now advocate for maternal health equity. And we got a chance to sit down and speak candidly about their experiences as adoptive mothers and advocacy work. We spoke in 2019, but that was like a lifetime ago because (laughs) you two have since gotten married. You became parents. Simone is one and a half. You moved to the tri-state area. But one thing that's been consistent throughout is your advocacy for equality for women, for the LGBTQ community, for underrepresented communities at large. So there's been a lot of change over the last couple of months. What is your sense of urgency right now, given all these major events? Uh, The Supreme Court with Roe v. Wade, um, Florida's Don't Say Gay Law, the detention of Brittany Griner in Russia, all of that. Where do you stand? I I mean, I think with... I feel that the LGBTQ plus community is under attack and our trans youth is being targeted. Mm-hmm. And um, Ali and I have been advocating and pushing for change and protection and fighting for safe spaces that we can create um, for all of us. I think that's really, really important. I think that's what makes this country so special mm-hmm. is the freedom to be who you always thought you could be and live your truth. And we need to have that available to all for us to all be successful. And I think right now that is our biggest fight. Um, as a child, I was able to play soccer freely and I was able as a kid to find comfort in those weird times where you know either my parents were going through a divorce there was like turbulent times in school i always felt comfort in my soccer teams and i don't think we should be taking that away from children so um that is my biggest like fight at this point is creating a safe space for trans youth especially in sport i think for us Sorry, I think for us, um, we want to continue to use our platform and speak up for for those um, who don't have that voice. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't do it, who will? So we're going to continue that fight. And I think there's a sense of responsibility for us, not only as athletes, but as women in the industry um, fighting for other women. And I think across all industries, and I think that it's really important for us to kind of take on that role and um, use our platform for good. And that's why we constantly um, try to, you know, share our views and um, beliefs and, and fight for so others wanna, who need I it. So I want to dig into that a little bit, using your platform to share your views and to really 
you know, broaden your message out. At the same time, we've seen this big shift in the prevailing mood and um, priorities nationally, right? Um, spiking inflation, a war abroad in Ukraine, and at home through these um, mass shootings. Mm -hmm. You've also got a slowing economy. They all take center stage and kind of people's priorities seem to have shifted. So given all that, how are you adapting your messaging to this shift in public mood? Is, is it through how you frame the conversation or is it through the language that you might choose to use or is it through maybe deployment of humor? I'm just wondering how you're adapting as well. I think you'll see something different from both Ali mm -hmm. and I. I'm very blunt, emotional, mm -hmm. and harsh when it comes to the way I feel about something. Um, I'm very fired up about a lot of things going. I love this country so much. I've represented it uh, on the U.S. team for 12 years now. And I just, it is so hard, I'm sure, for all of us. We all have different views and ideals, and we want to fight for different things. But um, I'm scared for my child mm -hmm. in, in this current state. And I just, I just, by sheltering her and protecting her and living a privileged life isn't going to help the mass. So Ali and I have to sit at night when we put her to bed and we always have these check-ins of how can we make this a better place, not only for where we are currently, mm -hmm. but what we're leaving behind for our children. Mm -hmm. And I'm disappointed in where we're at. So I have to continue to do, do the things that make me tired, that push buttons. You know, you always hear in sports, you know, at any time we speak up, it's like, oh, stay in your lane, just play soccer. Well, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm more fired up about these views and gun control and how we're protecting uh, not only the LGBTQ community, but all of us. Um, so that is what's important right now for Ali and I. And there is no right way. And I don't have this you know, certain potion of how I do things. It's when I really believe in something, I fight for it. And by doing nothing, I'm just a part of the problem. So I'm just constantly trying to take these moments, like mm -hmm. sitting here with you today, to try to drive and move people to help change this world for the better, for our children, for climate change, for inclusion, for you know, a, a pay equity for women's rights, mm -hmm. all of the things that are being stripped away um, that we're mad about. But we have to use that anger and put it into action. And I think no matter what approach we take, whether it's, you know, the same or different, the common goal is to continue to fight and continue to have these tough conversations and bring things to the table that make people uncomfortable because that's, like, when you grow the most. And, um, you know, your true character and colors show. And I think that if we continue conversations, not only just in our small space and within our home, but within our family, our friends, and really just have you know good conversation about how we can take ne the next steps and how we can continue to fight to really create this action and change that we want to see. So I'm curious about the um, relationship and the dynamic to performance. And I want to bring up a question that um, our one of our engineers, Kusha Maharshi, has posed. Hi. Hi. Kusha, do, do you we want to ask you a question? Too. Go ahead. We love you too. So it has been uh, researched that group performance anxiety um, impacts historically disadvantaged groups. And this is something that I feel people don't talk about nearly enough. And I mean, both of you have been like key advocates for many causes, including pay equity, maternal health, LGBTQ plus rights. And in your years of experience fighting for this, how have you dealt with the 
added scrutiny about your performance and while knowing your actions may be used to represent those of the communities you belong to? Great question. That is a great question. I think when you play at the highest level for so long, um, it's really easy to kind of get in this this mode of I have to be my best every single day. Um, and yes, that is true half the time in, in our profession and the environment that uh, we are in and, and what the coaches and the staff members in, in that organization kind of create. So it is tough that when you do make mistakes not to get immediately um, down about that and frustrated and discouraged. Um, but you have to think that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. That's when I learn the most. So make them in the training um, environment as much as possible so that in the game I can be great and I can, um, you know, show my best. I feel like we had this conversation with one of our teammates who called us, um, who was in that environment um, now, um, who's called us for a little bit of advice on this because it is difficult to be your best and stay at this level um, because you're human. Right, and you do make mistakes, and so I think um, having that performance anxiety um, of really going to work and knowing that if you don't perform well, that someone else could easily take your job. But we're human beings, and we have to make mistakes. And for us specifically in our profession, you should make all the mistakes you can in the training pitch, so that when it comes to the game and you have to perform on uh, a World Cup final, that you are ready and that you are prepared, um, and that you've grown through that process. And I think um, when a coach is constantly talking to you, giving you information, um, that's, that's something that's really healthy and good. When the coach or the staff member isn't talking to you and ignoring you, I think that's you know, when the worry kind of yeah. sets in. But for us as individuals, you have to think, what can I control, which is my work ethic and my attitude. It's, it's really tough to sometimes um, take information and apply it um, directly. So you have to kind of let that process work itself out. And so for us, I think, um, you know, we are great at what we do, but that next thought is how can I be elite? And being elite means that you're allowed to make mistakes because you're human. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 
That's clearly something you learn from being a leader, from being someone who's been around for a while. I'm curious to get both of your takes on team building and team culture, because who cares about strategy if you don't have the right team culture, right? You don't. You need a rock solid culture to be able to execute on anything. You guys have played on some of the greatest teams in history. Mm -hmm. um, Two-time World Cup champions are now building a team culture, a winning culture at Gotham SC. How do your roles differ based on uh, what you do for the club when building that culture as a goalkeeper versus as a defender? I think the interesting part in a group dynamic is actually understanding your role. And that role is constantly going to be changing. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're the best, sometimes you're the leader, sometimes you're the follower, sometimes you're just waiting for your opportunity and you're driving the standard for everyone else. So I think it gets complicated on teams when everyone is trying to um, fall into a, a particular role. Like everyone wants to be the, the best, everyone wants to be the starter, everyone wants to do all these things, but that's not what's going to create a good environment, a functioning environment. Um, so I really think understanding your role and being able to A, be okay with it, and sometimes that means taking a step back and lifting other people, and then when your time is ready, when your time comes, um, then you step up into mm -hmm. that role. And I think that is the, the key thing for all the successful teams Ali and I have been on is everyone understands their role. And mm -hmm. when you get to that point, it's magic. Because it's just like this beautifully greased system functioning in all of its proper parts. It's, it's just, it creates magic mm -hmm. but it is not always easy to do that when you're talking about everyone being at the best yeah. of something I, I definitely see that there are some conflicts in there because everyone's striving at the same time can you be both generous and ambitious at the same time when building this team culture do you think that the two can go hand in hand or are they inherently at odds I would probably say we could be supportive very supportive yet demanding um, because we want to win. We're winners. And at the end of the day, we all have to have the common goal of how can we win individually but also, and be successful individually, but also how can we be then successful as a team. And that is, um, I think, for us kind of being this experienced, it doesn't mean we know everything. Trust me, I'm 37 years old, and I have a lot to learn still. I've won a lot in my career, but that doesn't mean um, I, I don't have enough uh, more to learn and, and I do and I can say that um, every day I'm learning something new so I think from our perspective we're older veteran players who are very supportive and want to teach how to be a professional um, to the younger rookies um, but we're also winners so we need to be demanding and we need to say okay you need to be able to do the simple things because then the bigger things will be able to take care of themselves makes total sense let's talk about your stature as business women um, entrepreneurs. Tell me about the ongoing momentum and the moment that you're having right now um, and over the last few years because I feel like once upon a time it was very much tied to the World Cup calendar. Like, you know, there'd be a lot of attention every two years or so, but it seems less cyclical now, more sustainable. What did you do to break that pattern or was it just the passage of time and, and things changing overall in society? I think that Ali and I want to branch out. We want to constantly um, you know, people like us sitting in the room, we want to be challenged. And we were just having this conversation with Mike and Scott. I think 
as a kid, we had all these things we wanted to be successful. We wanted to be the best in the world. We wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist, a world champion. We've ticked all those boxes. Mm -hmm. So now we're just so hungry for life and more. Mm -hmm. And that's what constantly inspires us every day is let's branch out and do this or let's knock on this door. Let's break through this wall. And I think constantly trying to stay out of the lane. I just don't think you create change staying in your lane. So, and Allie and I are not scared to fail. Like I mm -hmm. failed my whole life. Mm -hmm. What was the most recent failure? Most recent failure for me would be um, probably not going to the, uh, the last Olympics mm -hmm. last year. It would be like my biggest, biggest failure because I felt like it was my moment. Um, and it, it, I just fell short, and that's okay, and we all do it. But I, I'm never scared of it. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared of challenges. I'm not scared of not being picked. I'm not scared of not being liked. Um, I'm here to be the best version of myself every single day, and I find comfort in that. Mm -hmm. And no matter what people say about me and all these critics or, you know, performances like we were talking about, mm -hmm. no no one's harder on me than myself. Mm -hmm. And I find comfort in that. There's nothing anyone can say to me in this room that would hurt me more than how much pressure I put on myself to be the best version of myself every day, mm -hmm. to be the entrepreneur, to break ceilings for women and people in my community, to be the absolute best partner, to be the absolute best mom. I, I really feel in my life, I hold tight to this, of how, how you do anything is how you do everything. If I'm washing my car, I'm out there for two and a half hours, and you won't see. You I won't see. Seriously, I'm like, I will you be good? burnt from head to toe, and I there is not a spot. The paint's coming yeah. off. Soon. <laughs> but that is the way I operate. It is listen, like honestly, when you talk about teamwork and you talk about all these things and these people, you know, in this room, it's so interesting to me because what people don't see is what I do behind closed doors. I don't cut corners in anything I do. So it's when life looks elaborate and beautiful and I'm winning gold medals, like that's great. I don't work hard when people are looking at me, mm -hmm. when the spotlight's on me. My preparation, mm -hmm. I take like w the question you asked, mm -hmm. preparation is everything. If, you, if you're not prepared in your moment, you will fall short, but you have to own that. So to me, I hold tight in all the work I do when no one's watching. That's my... That's my anchor in life. And so, success is, yeah. being successful is, is what you do every single day. So success is what you do every single day. Yeah, the little things. Mm -hmm. We're always thinking about how to serve the modern leader. Um, and I, I'm curious, as someone who's building teams, building culture, representing leadership on your respective teams, how do you stay informed? How do you stay ahead of the curve? How do you make sure you're leading and not following trends or whatever else is happening? following the conversation. You want to be leading the conversation. Yeah, uh, having good communication and a great awareness. I feel like um, specifically within our job, um, I think that we can 
do really well connecting with individuals and um, having great communication and conversations and making sure everyone's okay and has everything they need in order to be successful. I think that is what a team is all about. Um, if we see a teammate maybe struggling that day, um, you know, you, you go and you check in and you have those conversations to make sure that individuals have what they need um, because ultimately you want the team to win. And so I think we try to do anything in our power to really elevate um, the environment by connecting with individuals, um, making sure that people know we care. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that's awareness. And then also just, yeah, the, the communication is a huge piece, I think, both on and off the field. Um, that's how I think we've, our leadership qualities really shine um, in those moments. And then making sure, yeah, people know that you care. Mm -hmm. um, we're not just footballers. Uh, we're not defined just by playing soccer. I think we're much more than that. And I think being in a team environment, you really need to make sure that your teammates know that you care about them and that um, you will do anything to help lift them and, and create a safe space in order to, to win. And part of that is owning who you are in public as well. I know for years, you both kept a relationship kind of private and quiet mm -hmm. for fear that perhaps it would jeopardize some endorsement opportunities, mm -hmm. um, limit it in any way. Now that that's no longer the case at all, has publicly celebrating your relationship, thinking back, cost you financially in any way? No, oh, I think, uh, uh, honestly, what did you say? It might have enhanced it. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, the truth is, <laughs> as soon as Ali and I started genuinely living our truth, mm -hmm. our life changed. Because so many people saw something in themselves in us mm -hmm. and it allowed them the space to live their truth to come out uh, you know I just played in Louisville this weekend and this lady came up to me and she said I'm 57 years old and I adore you guys you helped me come out like I was married and I had children and I was living this life that I thought I was supposed to and it didn't necessarily make me happy and hearing your story I just knew it was never too late for me and like that type of impact mm -hmm is so much more important than the gold medals sitting at the house collecting dust on my shelf. You know, Although those, they're nice. They're nice, they're nice. Yeah, I won't complain about them. <laughs> but truthfully, I mean, to be able to just openly live my truth and, you know, with my wife and my child, if I can impact someone in a really small way to get the best ver version of themselves, like I'm doing my job and, and that's what we're all here to do. We're here to show up for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we battle and work. We all want to be the best at what we do. That's what drives us. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to, there, there's a human element to everything. And um, I've taken that part of my career very, very seriously lately mm -hmm. because I want to impact as many people as I can mm -hmm. while I still have the juice, if you know what I mean. I'm, like, getting old. My knees are getting old. But, I, like, I want to empower people to live the life they imagined. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just need a few tools to figure out how that works and how to operate in that space. And... Um, first is just being okay with who you are genuinely like there's no smoke and mirrors with me I'm always gonna to tell you you know who I am and and why that is but it took me a long time to get there mm -hmm. so I I'm enjoying the process of being open um, with my family and open with my wife and my career because it's inspiring other people to do so Clearly, you're in a new city. It's a new phase in your life. You're focusing on your new family, on your new club. 
what does this next phase as business women, as entrepreneurs look like? Are you investing in other businesses? Are you building something out? Could Scott interest you in a show on Quick Take, for instance? <laughs> well, we were trying to get in there. Earlier, we did. We did talk so. about it. We did talk yeah. about it. We're gonna yeah. have to schedule um, another meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. We would. Um, you know, like I said before, football doesn't define us. We're much more than that. And um, I think what attracts us is the connection with human beings and, and people um, who are also. Um, you know, wanting to be the best in their industry and in their field. Um, and I think, you know, we've discussed this before, just having that connection with people, um, kind of peeling off the layers and not just having surface conversations. I think it's important to, to find out what drives everyone to want to be the best and want to be successful. And um, we've talked about that, having good discussions over, you know, through culture and fashion and athletics and just kind of digging a little deeper. We might, um, you know, we have a few ideas of what we want to do. Um, so this watch might this not space. be the place. Yeah, this might not be the place right now to discuss yeah. it. But no, we um, want to stay. Um, we were talking to um, Mike and Scott earlier, and also Brian about you know we've we've tried to perfect this craft for over thirty years now. So you know we don't want to just go and be like a plumber, right? Nothing against plumbers. I think that's that's a that's great. Um, very smart, and you know that's they're good at what they do. But something for us is like we want to stay within. The, the game somehow um, in some way, shape, or form. So we don't really know um, how to navigate that yet. We have very great ideas and we're very passionate about certain projects um, that we want to work on. But yeah, we, we want to connect with people and we want to continue to impact people's lives and we want to continue to push people to want to be their best. And so we have to kind of figure out how we're going to do that in the next phase. But, you know, we're really enjoying playing right now with Gotham FC. We want to win a championship. That's why we've played this long. I'm like, okay, can we, you know, like hang up the boots and some of my, my body's like going through it. But um, it's been really enjoyable and you can't play forever. So we want to, you know, play as much as we can and really enjoy our time with the team and in that environment um, because we've built lifelong friendships too within that environment. Yeah. And so we're very grateful for that and want to give as much to the game as we can while we're able to. Um, but yeah, the, the next step um, for us is to continue to connect with people and and figure out how we can impact and, and continue to stay visible. That was my conversation with World Cup champions Ashlyn Harris and Ali Krieger. Cool. That does it for the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. And catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And, of course, I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. 